we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to the Parish Pump Podcast. Councillor Dermot Daisy O'Brien is here with you as always. And I've had an interesting week and I want to talk to you about it. And I know the title of the podcast says we need to stop talking about young people because we need to start talking to young people. But I'm going to talk about young people, but I'm going to talk about talking to young people and the importance of that. And have I lost you already? Hopefully not. Um, I've had an interesting week and I've been reminded and, you know, I really I have lots of experiences and it's a privilege for me to spend time with young people in spaces where they do get to have their say and they do get to influence and they do get to be part of structures that may have an impact on what's happening in their lives. Um, and But I, I really want to talk about, you know, the spaces where it isn't so structured and it isn't so controlled. And perhaps young people are not so sure about what's happening or why they're there and are really kind of, you know, more comfortable being themselves in that space and not really caring so much about the adult in the room or the context of the conversations. Um, let me explain myself. So there, it's so important to talk to young people who don't give a damn. We need those young people and we need them because they have something to teach us. And we need to focus on how we can learn from them in our roles as politicians, um, as parents, as significant adults in any sense. And it's really the, like the challenge in there is how do we have dialogues with young people that we're not in control of as adults uh, and that might be uncomfortable or that are guaranteed to be uncomfortable. And and it's it's an exciting space to be in it and a terrifying space to be in because you can't predict it you don't know what's going to be said you're you almost don't have the authority to be the the wise one in the conversation or you can bring your own sense of understanding about something and young people might say whatever or what i don't i don't know what you're talking about and then you're looking for the words to try and explain it in a different way and you're not used to that and you struggle and that's so important and you know and that's why so young people amaze me all the time and this week in particular I've had like three different experiences where I've been amazed inspired and and also been given such hope for the future um, but it's it's also there's something about the risky territory that you go into when you invite young people to use their voice and if we do that without filtering it, without censoring it, without dismissing it, if we don't like what they say, and especially without being outraged, if they give us the proverbial middle finger about what we're saying, that's, they're the spaces where the real stuff happens in terms of trying to find a way to get young people involved in changing the world. Uh, or at least giving us an insight if we're involved in making decisions on their behalf. Um, and I really, you know, that that phrase about speak truth to power. And I just love it when young people get to do that. And they get to do it from a space of, from looking at the world from where they're standing. 
And when they do that, and like, I, I think sometimes they don't know that they have the power to do that. And they, or they're not sure where the value of that is. Um, because we, because we don't want to hear it. Uh, so when they remind us of our flaws and failures, that's speaking truth to power. Um, when they challenge us to explain ourselves, what do you mean by that? I don't get you. Explain that to me in a, in a better way. Or explain yourselves in terms of how the world is. Um, and, and we struggle. Um, and that's speaking truth to power. Telling us to bug on just whenever they want to. Um, you know, I, I, I just love that. And, you know, and when they remind us that, like, we're not, they, they don't care. Because, you know, what's important is next weekend. And they won't comply just because we think they should or it's the right thing to do. Um, and they don't want to get involved on our terms because that's not suitable. That's not good enough for them. Um, and they tell us they'd rather smoke weed or go drinking or play ox Xbox uh, rather than go and save the poxy world that adults have destroyed. Um, they're the things that show us when young people are real. And... That's so challenging for us because our instinct is to judge them, um, and and that's and how dare we do that in a way? Um, I had a, I had a deadly conversation this week with a group of students, um, and we were talking about cannabis, and one of the challenging questions I threw out to them was: in society, uh, is there any groupings or any label? that defines a group in society that have no association with weed. None. Um, like, you know, could you throw out a label that we, where you would say comfortably, no, um, no association whatsoever. And and the collective group couldn't do that. And I threw out the titles, lawyers, uh, priests, teachers, social workers, doctors, you know, do any of these. And every time I threw another word out, they said, uh, absolutely not. Uh, they would definitely have an association with weed uh, on some level, um, and that. So that and that. What's interesting about that is that all these significant adults in important roles, whether it's a parent or a teacher or a doctor or a guard or whoever, and when we talk to young people about weed, um, we preach to them. And if our message is, and we were talking about this in the context of youth work and youth workers and community workers, if our message is simply weed is bad and if you smoke weed, you are bad, um, then we're failing young people because they know that there are adults that represent every part of society that are involved in drug use. And if we don't respect their intelligence in that regard and don't find more sophisticated ways to talk to young people about issues that affect them, then we're failing them. Um, and that's that's on us. Because if 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 young people don't get a chance to have the conversation about an issue and don't get to be informed by perhaps adults who have some expertise or some science or some knowledge or some insight that might inform them in terms of their own decision making if we'd rather just cut to the chase and go no bad for you and if you if you're if you do that you're bad uh, and you're less valuable as a human being um that's that's poor um and that's a failure and i i love imagining the 
when young, you know, imagine in a group of young people uh, sitting or standing in front of, uh, you know, powerful adults perhaps, or any adults and saying things, you know, just, just twisting things back in their head and saying something like, yeah, we, yeah, we're in gangs. And perhaps that's because you haven't built communities where we feel like we belong. And yeah, we're out on the streets and that's probably because you took funding away from our youth projects or stood by when it was taken. Um, yeah, we've left the education system and that's because it's so out of date that we don't want to be there anymore. That's on you. Or why do you only give jobs to certain types of young people? And why is it young people who are more connected get more opportunities? And why have you taken away the places where we can gather and then blame us for how we react to that? And why did you get obsessed with money as an adult population? Why are you misusing prescription drugs to numb? And why are you perpetuating the notion of individualism over all else? You were the consumer victims. You even came into our social media spaces and took that from us. You supported the wars that displaced children and young people all over the world. You implemented the policies that served the wealthy and ignored the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. You have created society in your image. And I think young people might say it's not so pretty from where they're standing. And they could and perhaps should judge us or accuse us of that. And I think, you know, young people aren't, you know, gathering together and coming up with that type of narrative and accusing adults. But they are, they do sense that they've been shortchanged a little bit. And I've, I'd certainly feel that. And if we're brave enough as adults, youth workers, educators, politicians, uh, parents to kind of get into that uncomfortable zone with young people. I think, you know, we can learn a lot. And in many ways, you know, it almost feels like we need to kind of connect with young people in a more authentic way and ask for their forgiveness, perhaps, or do some healing. I don't know. Um, but it, there's certainly a major question about our role Um and what do we offer young people? What are the gifts we give them as the significant adults in their lives, as the politicians in their lives? Um, what what are we? What what's our promise to them? Um, and I think you know if we there's something you know the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, let's say, and that's kind of the, the oldest template, not the oldest, but a kind of the most standard. And I know it's been kind of if it has evolved in its own right, but it's but as a model of responding to needs. Um, it it for me it's interesting because if we did if we went outside, um and and stopped a hundred people on Bray Main Street I'd say and ask them, uh, can you name the five areas in Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I wonder how many would get that, and yet that should be the template for how we organise our society or our communities or how we respond to the needs in particular of young people. And especially when the world is in crisis or there are multiple crises happening in our in our society. Um, and if we look at Maslow's hierarchy very quickly, we, what we see is there's the physiological needs, there's the safety needs, there's belonging, there's esteem and self-actualization. Um, and I feel 
that, you know, regardless of how out of date um, the Maslow hierarchy is um, with, with modern science and modern uh, psychology and sociology or whatever, uh, I, I, I actually think that the biggest challenge we're facing now as adults is that we don't get past belonging, um, that we're not supporting young people um, to see the value of, or we're not facilitating them to connect, to connect with each other, to connect with communities. Um, there's too much drive to just to achieve and acquire wealth and accumulate status um, or kind of go, get to where you need to go uh, as fast as you can um, and don't and try not to let anyone get in your way. You know, you can be whatever you want to be, go and achieve that and whatever you need to do to get there. Um, and I really think that one of the biggest challenges now, um, even especially perhaps for politicians, is to, to build a community of connection or to reintroduce connection as an important part of how we organize our communities, um, to recommit to community. Um, to recommit to belonging as an important part of what it means to be human, but also what it means to be part of a community or part of a group. Um, and, and that's there's a big challenge there because that requires us to kind of shift um, how we see each other, shift uh, how we see the world, and shift how we organize and what we do, what we commit to on a day-to-day -day basis. And some of the, the stuff I was talking about um, this week with young people, there's, we, we were talking about healthy relationships and this concept of, which isn't radical at all, but it sometimes feels like it's uh, a new idea that if, you know, the most important healthy relationship you can have is with yourself. And that's something, again, as adults, I'm not sure to what degree uh, we are fostering that with our children and young people um, or our communities, that we need to have healthy relationships with ourselves and and not look outwards all the time uh, for validation, not look outwards for acceptance, not be you know obsessed with fitting in and wondering when you wake up in the morning how others are going to see you when you go out into the world. But rather, you know, waking up in the morning and thinking about who you are and how comfortable you are with who you are and how happy you are with who you are. And there's a, an amazing, actually amazing quote from Brene Brown, and it says, True belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And that's so deep, but so true, that you, you, you're only, only through self-acceptance can you present your authentic, imperfect self. And that's, there's, so, there's such a hurdle to doing that nowadays because the you that you need to present or that you're told to present to the world needs to be, needs to tick a load of boxes or fit a certain amount of criteria um, and even that it's impossible it's impossible to tick all the boxes but it seems like a lot of us are striving all the time 
to do that and obsessing. Um, and we're losing sight then of who we really are because we're trying to be who we think other people want us to be. And so I genuinely think that if we have this authentic dialogue between adults and young people, and I, and I say that now because I think we are facing a time of transformation in the history, in the story of humans. And the world does require a massive shift in how we organize ourselves and how we look at the future. And I think that we need to, it's, it's so urgent that we spend time with young people and bring up the topics that are important and then see where the start point is and do that from a place of authenticity. That if we're sitting talking to young people about climate and they're saying, I don't care, I can't care, I'm too, I'm hungry, or I can't care because there's addiction in my house, that's my priority. We need to have an empathy for that, that creates space for them to have that other important, critical, urgent issue in the now for them and also have a pocket where the climate issue can also coexist with that. Rather than saying, no, you're, you're, like, your issues are small time. This is the big time issue. Um, and, and that's in every sense because we still have to say uh, as adults, uh, as politicians, as decision makers, that the world is the way it is because of us. So if we can't invite young people to make their judgments um, and then explore what role they can play, and that role could be sitting back and saying, yeah, I'm going to enjoy adolescence. Thank you very much. Um, let me know your plans for fixing this. And I might give you a hand. I might be available to help. But in the meantime, I'm going to be doing adolescence. I'm a teenager. Because if we, if we, if we think that that's something to be taken away from young people, and again, we kind of fail to appreciate that in adolescence, that is a, a developmental stage in young people's lives where they deserve or, and require the time to do the impulsive things, to do the risk taking, to do the pleasure seeking. Again, science tells us that the things that are happening in the brains of young people in that stage of development um, are unlike any other stage of development. So if we if we are there now are getting so wrapped up in how inspiring young people are and then we fall into the trap of thinking, well, sure, we'll hand it all over to them. Um, that's another failure. But so there's this, again, this sophisticated, nuanced opportunity to find a way to do things differently, to involve uh, young people but to find the start points um, where they're at and appreciate that and keep offering the invitations and not, and not do that in a one-dimensional way and not do that in a way that says, do you want to be on board because this is what we're doing? More so, it should be, here's the idea. What do you think? Um, where do you want to get involved here? Uh, or what's your critical analysis of that? Or, you know, what do you see? Uh, from your perspective, from your point of view, where are we 
uh, going to hit the mark here or where are we going to be off the mark um and that and it's it's going to take such courage to do that um but i i just think that it's so important to not ignore the ones who are not putting the hand up and saying i want to be involved i really think we need to go and find those young people because they could make the difference um in whether we achieve this transformative um game changing moment uh, in our history or not uh, because if we leave if we leave people behind in particular in in a way it, just because we fail them um then that's on us that's on us so thanks for listening in it's Maybe I'll see you again or talk to you again next week. All the best. Higher times, trouble signs, the years out of pressing times. So I'll make rhymes just so I can pass the time. You were rather sniff lines, live the life of crime, stuck in a low place, state of mind. Where the friends and the foes and the youth are blind. Some live to die, but others die to live. Why live a lie when you can live a life? I made a sacrifice just to rock the mic since 10. All I had was.